Welcome once again to my podcast, Discover the Hidden Potential of Your Mind. In November, I had introduced you to my colleague Andy Schmaltz from the Awakening Health Clinic in Burlington. Andy is an osteopathic practitioner. And today, I am really excited to be here with another colleague who is part of the team at Awakening Health. And that is naturopathic Dr. Felicia Asensa. Welcome, Felicia. Thank you so much. So we have a really exciting topic today, the placebo effect and the nocebo effect. But first of all, before we um, dive into our topic, I want to tell you a little bit more about Felicia because she has actually a very interesting biography. So uh, Felicia's own healthcare experience has led her into a naturopathic medicine, right? Yeah. It's often our own experience that leads us down a certain path, for sure. Um, you studied at McMaster University, you majored in biology and psychology. Uh, your thesis has an interesting topic I, I found. Behavioral neuroscience investigating emotional regulation and mood disorders in adolescence. Mm -hmm. That sounds really interesting, those mood disorders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anxiety and depression in kids. Mm -hmm. And then you went on from there to earn your Doctor of Naturopathy. Um, you earned that degree at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto. Among others, you completed a clinical internship at the Robert Sharp Naturopathic Clinic. And that included a pediatric focus shift. Does this mean you mostly work with children and teens? Um, I kind of work with all ages. I have spent quite a bit of time working with uh, children and teens. Uh, what I really like about working with the younger population is how we can kind of address things earlier on before they become cr the chronic issues that I often see in adults later on. Right, good point. Yeah, I should see a similar thing when, we c when it comes to working with beliefs, right? It's so much easier to shift that with, with young people. Exactly, Before yeah. it uh, becomes programs that we've been running for a long time. Yeah, and then your bio also includes a global clinical preceptorship in India. Before I uh, prepared for this session today, I didn't know that about you. So could you say a couple of sentences about that experience? Yeah, so that was a really great experience. Um, I headed to India with 10 colleagues, classmates at the time. Um, and it was a really great uh, experience for just kind of learning how much um, culture and economic status and all of that affects health. Um, we were shadowing with uh, medical doctors there and we spent time kind of in the slums in Delhi but then also in monasteries in northern India and kind of the differences we saw in health there um, really showed us how much kind of all aspects of life affect health. Fascinating that must have been an eye-opening experience. It was yeah. What a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten to know Felicia as someone who is passionate about what she does, who is inquisitive and who's gentle. Uh, I would maybe say that gentle curiosity guides her sessions. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot of patience. Uh, I think a lot of patience is actually needed in your field, right, to explore symptoms and uh, to make connections, to discover root causes. 
an important part of your treatments is nutritional and lifestyle counseling. Other tools Felicia uses are acupuncture. The other day when I was getting over a cough, you gave me a fabulous acupuncture treatment. That felt really good. I could really feel the energy in my arms as you were working on my lung meridian. Amazing. Very cool. Um, another thing you really work with is botanical and plant medicine. I know you offer uh, fabulous tea mixes, which you've put together from different healing herbs. I've actually tried your tea for sleep. And I think there's other, I forgot what the other teas are for. Uh, yeah, so we kind of do teas for all sorts of things. Um, botanical medicine is one of my favorite modalities. So I do teas for digestion, liver support, um, colds and flus, um, hormone regulation, and, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then homeopathy, which is a very uh, cool field, and hydrotherapy. Um, hydrotherapy, from what I understood from you, is something people can easily do at home. So it's it's totally worth taking a moment to explain that a little bit to our audience. Yeah, so hydrotherapy is basically just using um, water in a therapy of some sort. Um, so some examples of things that you could, hydrotherapy things that you could easily do at home is kind of an Epsom salt bath for muscle muscle tension or relaxation. Um, steam inhalations for congestion or colds and things like that. Um, the other day when my daughter was sick, you were talking about wet socks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wet socks is a is a really interesting one, um, where you take a pair of uh, cold cotton, cold wet cotton socks, and then put a pair of dry wool socks on top, and it just kind of increases circulation and. Um, I find it's really helpful for congestion. Um, and yeah, and then there's things like contrast showers and... Hot cold? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so Felicia loves food. She loves gardening. I've heard you talk very passionately about your own herb garden. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's uh, really your, your passion, right? Yes, I love, I love plants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's dive into our topic today. Um, as a belief change coach, the topic of the placebo effect is, of course, really close to my heart. So when we talked about what could we do an episode on, I was really thrilled to see that you've written about this as well. Mm -hmm. um, as a side note to our listeners, you can find Felicia's article, which is called The Placebo Effect, either on my website. I'm reposting it there. You can also find it on the website of Awakening Health Clinic. So let's first of all define the placebo effect. Most people have heard of it, um, but I thought that you had a really great definition in your article, actually. Thanks. Yeah, so the placebo effect is basically a beneficial or positive effect from a substance or a procedure that can't actually be attributed to the specific properties of that substance or procedure itself. Um, so in other words, someone gets better uh, from taking something that doesn't, on its own, actually have any medicinal properties. Um, so one, ex so an example that I really like to use is someone who gets migraines all the time and is given like a new cutting-edge pill for migraines, which is actually just a plain old sugar pill. 
um, and then their migraines improve even though it was just a sugar pill um, yeah. yeah that really shows us the amazing power of our subconscious beliefs of our subconscious mind mm-hmm. yeah. The pharmaceutical industry, though, has regarded the placebo effect a bit as a nuisance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, which is which is pretty unfortunate. So it's it's been around since the 1700s, or like that's when it was kind of first first noticed and, and written about. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been looked at more as an annoyance or something to control for in studies, um, in comparison to the real medicine. Um, which, um, so what will often happen is they'll look at whether drug X or Y is more effective than the placebo sugar pill. Um, and it wasn't until the 1950s that the placebo effect actually started being investigated in itself. Um, and that's when people started realizing the incredible role it can have in actual real healing so um, it's it's been shown to play a really important role in a lot of conditions that our modern healthcare system really has a lot of trouble treating a lot of chronic chronic conditions like pain depression anxiety um, osteoarthritis immune health even things like ADHD um, yeah it's it's pretty powerful mm-hmm. And, and that's good news for us, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than uh, seeing it as a nuisance, we should embrace it and use it to our advantage. Um, what I find really fascinating is that the placebo effect even works when it comes to surgical procedures. Mm-hmm. There's this interesting New England Journal of Medicine study from 2002 uh, where they're showing surgery for osteoarthritis of the knee. Um, and when I trained for Psyche, we were watching that movie of that study over and over again with each new group that came in for training. I was um, also um, sponsoring someone who was doing these trainings. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm still fascinated today that they took this big group, divided it into three subgroups. One group received real knee surgery. And there were two different procedures of standard knee surgery that that are done. Then one group received no surgery as a control group. And then the placebo group received basically faked knee surgery. So that meant the surgeons surgeons were cutting open the knee, um, talking during the surgery as if they were performing real surgery. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, sewing the patient back up again. And these patients in the last group really believed that they had been operated on. And the fascinating outcome of the study is that the placebo group improved just as much as the group that received the real surgery. And I love in this video, you can see the surgeon Bruce mostly. And he says, my skill as a surgeon had no benefit whatsoever on these patients. The entire benefit of surgery for osteoarthritis of the knee was the placebo effect. That's just mind mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It really illustrates how powerful the healing power of our our body is, um, and that our subconscious beliefs make that happen. Mm-hmm. And 
in your article, you're addressing the question whether we need to even be tricked into believing that we're giving a medicine or a surgery. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the times in the healthcare field, what comes up when I talk about actually using the placebo effect in our healing is, well, that's not ethical. The person won't know that you're tricking them. And so that's why this is really important because you don't have to be tricked for the placebo effect to work. Um, it seems like the most important thing for the placebo effect to work is just believing that it'll work, believing that you'll get better, and just having that, that hope and uh, believing that it's possible. So an actually really interesting study in 2010 by Ted Kapchuk and uh, his colleagues found that when patients with irritable bowel syndrome, which is a digestive uh, condition, uh, were given a placebo they were told they were they were told it was a placebo they were told there was no medicinal effect of what they were given um, and then also given up-to-date information on the placebo effect um, how helpful that is right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so basically kind of what we're talking about today um, they were given all that information and their IBS symptoms still improved um, so that's that's incredible amazing amazing mm -hmm. <coughs> So, on one hand, we have a placebo effect, and on the other hand, there's the nocebo, or, or sometimes it's spelled with an A, nocebo effect. And that's exactly the opposite of the placebo effect. The nocebo effect occurs when the mind is engaged in negative beliefs and negative self-suggestions that actually damage our health. That means the person is expecting that a harmful effect will happen, and that actually leads to that harmful effect uh, happening. Uh, let's start with the article that you, uh, sorry, let's start with the example that you have in your article, Felicia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there were a couple studies that, um, that looked at um, giving patients with asthma nebulized saline. So nebulized saline basically is just um, air they would have been given uh, the air through a mask on their face. Um, it's just air with salt water droplets in it, so really just kind of moist air. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. But they were told that that what they were being given was a trigger for their asthma. Um, so they would have been informed of what their triggers were ahead of time and and told them that this is this is what's in the in the mask. Um, and so even though there was no trigger in there, um, they found that just them telling these individuals that that's what they were be being given set off asthma attacks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then an earlier study showed that um, people that were exposed to trees that they were allergic to um, actually ended up getting the same visible itchy rash that they would normally get when they're exposed to these trees, um, being exposed to something totally inert that wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it to create that reaction. Right, right. Yeah, I can really see this with allergies, how I'm afraid of something setting off our allergies, but the fear in itself will actually multiply it and, and make it worse. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can see that. Like it's springtime is coming, right? And we know we're allergic to 
uh, whatever trees are blooming than that thought in itself uh, and then if I'm being told in a situation I'm uh, my allergies are triggered I could totally respond that way I can see that yeah exactly um, the nocebo effect goes even further than that Bruce Lipton mentions in his book The Biology of Belief an example of a patient who was falsely diagnosed with cancer of the esophagus, that's the muscular tube connecting the throat with the stomach. And that is an example from 1974. In 1974, that type of cancer was considered 100% fatal. And what happened was that this patient died believing he was terminally ill. But afterwards, they realized there was absolutely no physical reason for this person uh, to die. Um, this was just that belief that made it come true. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to keep that very much in mind when it comes to health, what our expectations are, what our beliefs are. Um, so both the placebo and the nocebo effect show that the power of our mind is unlimited. I think that's fair to say. Unfortunately, our conscious mind is very weak compared to our subconscious mind. The subconscious mind directs everything. It's like a data bank for everything that's not in the conscious mind. It stores all our previous experiences. It stores all our memories. It stores, of course, traumas and fears. It stores ideas, dreams, values, and it stores all our beliefs. We're operating on so many beliefs, lots of them, of course, um, supportive beliefs but also um, beliefs that are limiting and the subconscious mind is really our daily guidance system our internal guidance system it monitors all the information coming in um, and it navigates our life from there our conscious mind uh, which we're always so proud of can really just process and manage an average of 40 nerve pulses per second our subconscious mind manages in comparison, 40 million nerve pulses. So that means, if we want to put this in other words, the conscious mind processes 40 bits of information, the subconscious mind, meanwhile, 40 million bits. It's uh, absolute unfair <laughs> advantage the subconscious mind has over the conscious mind. A friend of mine, because I often look for examples of how, how to compare this, a friend of mine likes to joke that the, it's like being in a wrestling match with a sumo ringer when you're like a tiny little kid. Uh, that would be the conscious mind, the tiny little kid, and the sumo wrestler is your uh, subconscious mind. There's no way we can win if the conscious mind and the subconscious mind are not in line, if our subconscious mind is not on board with our conscious goals. Because our conscious mind just controls 5% of our actions, some people say even less than that, and 95% of our actions are due to our subconscious programs. So we want the subconscious mind on board with our health goals, uh, or all our goals actually. And um, there's four ways of rewriting subconscious programs. It could happen, of course, through a shock. Um, if someone has, for example, the very positive belief that life is safe and suddenly they go out and an accident happens or they um, experience a, a loss, a traumatic loss, 
that belief can uh, through that shock through that traumatic experience of course be immediately rewritten into life is not safe um, and um, that would be uh, something of course that we can't control but that happens we want to be aware of that another way of a subconscious program changing is repetition however we need so many repetitions affirmations are a good example of this we might be repeating a new belief over and over again and sometimes that works but sometimes it just scratches the surface because you might have to say something 500 times a thousand times to actually get into the subconscious mind unless you work at a deeper level so a third way of changing subconscious programs is hypnosis um, in a normal waking state of consciousness, like right now, when we're consciously talking with each other, our brainwave activity is in the better range. And through hypnosis, we can access other brainwave activities. We can go into the alpha and theta brainwaves. And we can also access the subconscious mind through beneficial suggestions. That's where hypnosis would come in. And of course, um, you can learn self-hypnosis and give yourself suggestions. But another fourth way of changing subconscious programs is energy psychology or belief change modalities. Belief change modalities are, for example, Psyche has different belief changes. Shadow energetics has a belief change process. And these modalities are equivalent to super learning. They are the fastest way of changing a specific belief we can rewrite a belief program in five to ten minutes. Um, you and I, we've done some exchanges and you've experienced it, right? How quickly yeah. we can change a specific belief. We need to know, of course, what we want to change. But then the actual changing of the belief is, is very fast, efficient, effective. Um, yeah, and when it comes to health, uh, this is where Felicia and I work together. We're both, of course, part of the healthcare team at Awakening Health in Burlington. Um, we, we both look at the connections between the physical and the emotional mental. And you describe so beautifully in your article how our bodies have this ability to heal. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I think one of the most important things that the placebo effect shows us is our own healing abilities and that one of the most powerful medicines is you um, and kind of realizing that and realizing the incredible power you have in your own health is a super empowering way to approach your health um, but it's also a bit of a, a responsibility realizing can, can feel quite big and, and heavy yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah realizing that that you're the primary driver in your health um and i think this is where it's important to to um, appreciate that while you're the most important person on your healthcare team um you definitely don't have to be the only person on the team um so i think that's where it it's helpful to have um, healthcare professionals offer you help and guidance um, to move forward on your journey. But it's also really important that you trust the healthcare professionals that you're working with. Because as we saw with both the placebo and the nocebo effect, 
if you have hope and you believe that the person you're working with is actually has your best interests in mind and and is going to help you um, then that in itself is an aid to your health whereas if you're kind of thinking this person doesn't see my values this person doesn't not understand where me. I'm coming from yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. that would have a negative effect on your health so um, it's really important that you feel comfortable with your healthcare providers and you do have that rapport with them yeah good so that's um I share with our listeners where they can find find us both um, um, of course they can find us on our respective websites or on the Awakening Health website um, would you share your website? yeah so my website is drfeliciasenzand.com yeah I can only recommend to check that out you have delicious recipes on there people can book online um, it's maybe important to say that you give free 15-minute consultations mm-hmm. and that you work not just from Burlington, but also from Hamilton. Sorry. So my website is greendoorrelaxation.net and I work from Burlington, of course, and also from Mississauga. Or Mississauga is actually my main location. Um, and I also give free phone consultations of about 20 minutes and you, people can find out more about changing your subconscious beliefs with techniques like Psyche and Shadow Energetics or hypnosis if, uh, hypnosis if interested. And then they can of course find us at awakeninghealth.ca. That's the clinic in Burlington where we both work from. But last but not least, we would love to hear from our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to put some questions out there. Yeah, so what's what's your experience with the placebo effect? Um, and do you have any experience with the nocebo effect? Right, so we'd love to hear from you. Um, you might have a, a great story to tell about either the placebo or the nocebo effect. Reach out. And if you want to work together on your health journey, yeah uh, let's chat let's chat send us an email give us a call um email is usually the best way to reach me yes so my email is felicia.asenza at gmail.com great um emails is also a good way to reach me that would be green door relaxation at yahoo.ca or you can simply pick up the phone and call 905-286-9466 And we will be back in February. We have another interesting topic that uh, we're going to share with you, and that's heart health. February is heart month. Uh, Felicia has wonderful recommendations on what to do for a healthy heart. So thank you again for doing this recording with me, Felicia. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah, and we'll do another one very soon. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye-bye for today. Bye.